And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great day. Zach here, and excited to spend a few minutes with you right now. And, um, and I want to talk to you about um, about duplication. And um, I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of silliness um, and and stupidity around duplication in the industry. I, I know because I partook in a lot of that silliness. And um, here's the reality of things: um, you can duplicate very efficiently and still keep a personal life. You know, we have um, we have a client who is a, a six-figure earner in another company, um, another network marketing company, and, and her story is so similar to pretty much everyone I've ever met in network marketing who makes six figures or above. And essentially that story is that while she has the image of someone that is free, someone that has a lot of personal freedom, a lot of personal choices, um, she is anything but free. Her time is um, incredibly busy. Um, she is glued to her phone, um, and there's people messaging her uh, at at all times of the day, all times of the night, and um, she's basically a slave to her business. So she gives the illusion of freedom, um, but she's not. And it's not her fault. Okay, like honestly, like legit, this is not her fault. She's a, she's a good person. She's not a malicious person in any capacity. Um, it, and you know, and honestly, I think she really believes that she is somewhat free. But you can see the burnout in her, and in some way, she even admits some of that burnout. And I remember seeing this. Uh, it took me a long time to notice it, but years into our first network marketing company. Um, you know, this is like kind of getting near the point where we were thinking about leaving and, you know, starting something like Rebels. Um, I remember looking at some of the some of the people that I really looked up to and the very tippy top. So I'm talking to multiple seven figure earners, the very tippy top. They were legitimately like very, very free um, because they had a bunch of leaders under them. They had, you know, they had seven figure earners under them that were really running the organizations that they had. And so they were incredibly free. They were kind of like the 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 chairman of the board of a massive company, right? That's that's the lifestyle that they had. But really, anyone under that seven figure mark was not even close to free. 
Um, and I remember we actually used to use the word retired. Um, we used to tell people like that our upline had retired. And, um, you know, that's just absolute insanity because, you know, um, a lot of the upline that I saw that said that they were retired were anything but. Um, they had to work, you know, probably between 30 and 50 hours per week to hold their business together. Um, you know, if they, if, they were to, if they were to leave their business for two months, like a retiree should be able to, uh, the, thing would, the thing would absolutely disintegrate, uh, not even a question. Um, they were absolutely the face, uh, the, 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 the highest level of skill, and no one else could run the business. Um, I remember the first time this ever became apparent to me, uh, me and Ashley had just started dating, and she wanted me to take a, a three-day trip, and I said I could not go. And um, she basically asked why, and I basically said, well, my team would fall apart. And it, for the first time, when I kind of said that, she helped me realize, like, that's a really, really bad thing, right? That's like, what have I been building for six years if that's literally how weak my organization is? It would fall apart after three days. And so back then, we started to make changes, and, you know, after, you know, after a year of making those changes... Um, you know, we had a team that was not necessarily big or massively profitable by a lot of standards, but we could leave it, right? We could leave it for weeks, maybe even months on end, and it would be the same size or bigger when we came back. So there is a time and place where you have to be the face. You have to be the growth driver. You know, right now in, in our business, um, if I left the business for months at a time, it is unlikely that it would be a good decision for us, right? Because right now we are in heavy uh, growth and we're trying to build a, a massive organization, both inside of Rebels and inside of our network marketing team. And when that's the case, we're very, very active. We're very involved. So while we're in this phase, which will probably last for, I don't know, uh, my guess is I'll probably be willing to do this till I'm 40. Um, so seven more years, um, 40 something. Um, so during this whole phase, you know, I probably won't leave and be totally non-existent for, you know, months at a time. However, we can very easily choose any day or series of days or series of weeks right now to leave. And with a little bit of preparation, we could leave for, for that amount of time with no preparation. We can disappear for, you know, quite a few days, if not an entire week or week and a half at a time with virtually zero preparation with preparation, we could leave for weeks. Um, and, you know, I'm confident that if we really wanted to uh, extract as much lifestyle out of our business as we possibly could, we could probably get it to the point where we could disappear within a handful of months. Um, that's all from having systems in place, having things like that in place. So um, the first thing I want to encourage you, and this is not really a part of the lesson, is is me personally, I, I don't want to see the word retired in network marketing unless someone's actually retired. I've only known one person personally, uh, or even non-personally in network marketing who said they were retired and actually was, was meaning they were retired. Uh, excuse me. I've known a few more than that. Now that I say that. Um, so like they were pulling a hundred grand a month plus of income and they legit were retired, changed their email, changed their phone number. You couldn't get a hold of them if you wanted to but they're still pulling 150,000 a month. Okay, that's retired. Um, if someone's not doing that kind of stuff, I personally don't like the phrase retired. 
Um, I think it sends the wrong message. Um, I think you attract really low quality losers um, because you know low quality people want to retire. Um, you, when you when you look at the most impactful and rich people in the world, they're not retiring, right? They're continuing their their version of meaningful work and making an impact on the world. So it is no longer my goal to retire. Um, it is my goal to make an impact and do meaningful work. However, I will build my business in a way that allows me to retire whenever I want, if that makes sense. So I personally think you should not use the word phrase, the word or phrase retirement when promoting your upline because most likely they're not retired. And secondly, you're attracting low quality people. All right. So into the duplication thing. <clears throat> um, first rule is, is obviously be the example I want you to pretend that you have a thousand people on your team duplicating everything that you do. All right. So if you already got a thousand, that's fantastic. Pretend you have 10,000, right? Pick, pick the number that's, that's very large for you. So for a lot of you, that's going to be a thousand people. Let's say you have a thousand people on your team duplicating every single thing that you do. Are you excited about what that team is doing? If the answer is no, then fix everything until that answer is a yes. That's the, that's the easiest way that you can duplicate. All right. Just be that example. Because if they're following everything that you do verbatim, all you have to do is set that example. And by the way, you can't do this in reverse. You can't say, oh, once I get the team, they'll duplicate me. No, no, no. First you do the thing and then the people come. No strong person ever follows a weak leader. And strong people always do the thing first. So you have to do it first. A couple areas of this. Number one is volume. Obviously, you have to be on an auto ship hitting your company's you know, base level. A volume. If you're not doing that, like you're not even in the game, right? But what kind of volume are you doing? Are you hitting the customer requirements that you're supposed to be hitting, etc.? Have you transitioned all of your buying habits into what your company offers? If not, you need to do that, right? Um, this is an area that I would recommend doing it to the maximum. Don't buy crap. Don't buy inventory. Don't be stupid. But if your company offers something that you're buying from Target, don't buy it from Target. Buy it from your own your own company, your own business. Number two is action. Um, are you doing the work needed to hit your goals? Okay, you, you, you know that. I don't need to tell you. Um, so if your goal is to sponsor five people per month personally or 10 people per month or 30, whatever it is, 30 people per month, are you doing that action? For most people, the answer is no. They're not doing what they know they should be doing. So change it. If you, if you don't change it, you'll never get it. At 20 years old, my first mentor, Mark, that I've referenced a lot, he basically told me that, that my team would duplicate whatever I did. From the time he told me that, I may not have done everything correctly, but I, was, I refused to not be able to answer yes to that question. And that's why, largely why, why I did the gas station stocking thing for six years, because I never wanted anyone on my team to have a single shred of doubt about me. They, they could duplicate me. And if I had a thousand people on my team duplicating what I was doing, I would be very excited. So are you doing enough work to hit your goals? Because if you're not, that's, your ver- that's, your, that's, that's what you got to do. Like the, all diagnosis is now over. You don't need to learn anymore. You need to go do more. Three is association. Are, are you associating at the level that your upline is coaching you to do? You absolutely will end up where, wherever in business based on your association. Um, <clears throat> simply by hanging out with one of our upline more who's a... Um, high seven-figure earner, our income has gone up by about five times in the past uh, year, year and a half, simply because of our association. If 
your upline or coach is allowing you to associate with them, you, you need to take those opportunities. <clears throat> um, five is following the process. If you're not following a process that works, yeah, you, you're screwed completely. The first rule of duplication, and you should actually go back three episodes to uh, is our sales funnels duplicatable? The answer is an unequivocal yes. In fact, they're significantly more duplicatable than any other method. You can go back three episodes. I'll prove the point. But the bottom line is this. If your opportunity will not duplicate under its own merit, meaning if you need to convince people that it's a good thing to duplicate, your business will fall on its face. It will not duplicate well. Okay. Duplication is a natural phenomenon of a good business model. So if your process that you've been taught by your upline sucks, then don't do that process. And you need to find a process that works. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you are at least mildly convinced and or if not fully convinced that the rebels process is what you need to be doing. The point is, if your process is anything remotely close to warm market, anything remotely close to actively generating your own leads online or offline, and anything remotely close to well, let's stop there. Anything remotely close to any of those things, uh, it is not a good business model. It will get absolutely devastated in today's marketplace. The competition is way too heavy. Um, You can't be doing that kind of a business model and expect to keep any sort of legitimate talent on your team and expect any legitimate duplication. So here's a couple tactics for you. Number one, you can't let your team take advantage of you. Um, This is why that six-figure under that I referenced at the beginning of the podcast is losing her marbles because she's letting her team take advantage of you. You have to set communication rules and follow them. So first rule is you communicate with the team in one place. I personally like to use an app called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. It's a walkie-talkie app that you can also text within. Virtually, no one on my team has my phone number. Maybe like five people have my phone number. That's it, right? No one has my phone number, and even those five people know not to text me because I don't respond to it. Um, That Voxer app... I open it when I want to. No notifications are on. I open to it. I open to it one to three times a day, at set times. Not when someone needs me, but when I need to go in there, and I answer the threads that I need to answer. That's it. End of story. If they text me somehow, somehow someone gets my phone number and someone texts me, I don't respond. I reply to them on Voxer at one of my set times. I segment this out. Um, if everyone on your team does this. Number one, everyone's going to have a life. Two, you can actually duplicate quite, quite well because everyone's going to segment their time. They're going to focus on growth rather than handling BS. And your downline will still be taken care of. You'll also foster strength in your downline, not a bunch of whiny babies. As an upline, when questions come up, answer them. So if you have a question that comes up in your team and you you go to that question in your segmented predetermined time, answer the question. Be the first to answer it. What do you want a thousand people doing? Not answering stuff? No, of course you want them answering it. As your team grows, if everyone has this attitude, there's a very light load on everyone in the team. You have to think about the large team, not just you. And even if you're wrong in your answer, I'm sure your upline can help you and come correct whatever you said, right? Um, I've got a few more notes here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just skip down for now. Um, two is free up your upline. Allow them to focus in their strength zone. So you got to think of your upline as as Michael Jordan, 
or as Kobe Bryant or as, as an incredibly talented individual, assuming that they have talent and skills. If they don't have talent and skills, again, why are you in that business? So assuming that your, your, your upline has massive talent, massive skills, and they're working with you, and again, if any of those things is a no, why are you there? But assuming that's all the case, you want them to be in their strength zone to help you in the highest capacity. So don't belabor them with stupid stuff, right? Help them help you. So if your upline is an incredible closer, they do the very best three-way calls in the world and they can help, they can close anyone. Then what I would do if I was their downline and the process actually worked, I would be the very best person for three-way calls. I would call them up and say, hey, what, actually it's in the Voxer. <laughs> I would say, hey, what, if, if you had the very most perfect protege, how many calls a week should I give you and how do you want me to schedule them? And how do you want me to uh, posture the prospect? And I would let him tell me, let her tell me. And then I would do it. I would do exactly what that was and I wouldn't do anything else. So if I had a stupid thing come up in my downline about, you know, someone could got locked out of their membership site or they didn't know how to replicate a website works or they have a question about products, you know where I'm not going? I'm not going to that upline that's really good at three-way closing. I am going to not let the buck pass or I will figure out a way to get that person to resources to help fix their problem. Either way, the point is right now, I'm not letting that go to that big upline that's really good at three-way closing. I'm going to help them focus in their strength zone. So every time that I need them, they're like, dang, dude, Zach is on point. Every time he needs me, we close someone down or we basically get close to closing someone down. But he never bothers me with bull crap. He always is allowing us to grow. These are unconscious thoughts that they have, by the way. Your upline is a human too. The last thing you want to do is burden them. I'm shocked that, you know, uh, there are downline who need the approval, favor, or skill set of an upline, yet they burden them. It is the dumbest thing in the history of the relationships in your business. That that is the absolute worst thing you can possibly do <clears throat> is burden down a highly skilled upline that wants to help you. It is idiotic. So don't do it. Number two, if your downline does the same thing for you in a positive direction, meaning they free you up. Do you see how you can focus in your strength zones and as how this can be exceptionally effective? So you do this, you teach this, and it duplicates. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so let's just recap really briefly. Act as if you had a thousand people on your team. You have to build in duplication from the beginning. Two, remember your whole downline is your team, okay? Not just the people you sponsored, serve them all. Three, don't break the rules of communication. Make them use the communication channels that you set up and segment your time and only check them at designated times that you set in advance. Turn off all of your notifications on your phone. In fact, I wouldn't even work with your phone in the vicinity of you. Um, four, when you're in that segmented time, be the first person to answer questions on the threads that you set up. And five, free up your upline, provide and protect, meaning provide for your team, protect your upline, or excuse me, provide for your team, protect your team Two, provide for your upline and protect your upline. If you treat, <clears throat> I'm telling you, this is extra. <clears throat> I'm telling you the, the number one asset that you have in this business life is your relationships. And the more powerful the, the business person, the more you want to serve them. 
I would say uh, it's hard to quantify, but I would imagine up to 50% of the legitimate readable financial success that we may have experienced so far, up to 50% of it is directly correlated to, to handling more powerful people, more powerful people, handling those relationships. Well, um, it is the number one fulcrum lever that you can pull in your business is treating those relationships well. It doesn't mean fawning over them. It doesn't mean being a yes man, uh, not even close, but it means, it means serving them and being emotional, emotionally responsible on their behalf, even if you have to. It means providing and protecting for them. For many of you, those powerful relationships are going to be your upline. They could be people in your corporation, people in the C-suite at your corporation or people that you have access to. Um, it could be the head of support for your network marketing corporation. It could be um, people in high levels of management in your corporation. Um, it, it, could be, uh, it could be people that um, support the information products that you reference to build your business, right? Such, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into this more than that, but you get the, you get the picture, right? So with that, guys, I hope this has been helpful for you. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, if you found value in episodes like this, leave a review and a rating. It's going to help us um, get this message out to more people. And um, it lets me know to make more content like this. So we appreciate you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. And we'll talk to you soon.